Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Hugh Ballou, founder and president of CenterVision Leadership Foundation. Um, we've been in existence um, for since 2010. And um, we've got a lot of things going on. One of the things that's been very popular is the nonprofit exchange. Uh, Center Vision has a magazine, uh, um, performance, nonprofit performance, 360 magazine. We have this podcast, which is shows up in video and audio form. So right now, if you're watching it on Facebook or watching it somewhere else on a video, then you can also get it anywhere you get your podcasts. Look for the nonprofit exchange, T H E nonprofit exchange, or you can go to the nonprofit exchange.org, O R G. And there's an information page there that tells you about the nonprofit exchange. And there's a link on there that takes you to the summary, the archive of all the episodes. And so um, you, can, you can listen to uh, any of the episodes going back. Um, all of those those years. So this one we're celebrating number of three hundred, and it's been a, every Tuesday at two. Started eight years ago, and we've had over the years we've had some very very amazing people that we've interviewed, and um, so we have joining us from the world of academia, uh, Dr. Todd Greer, who's in uh, we call it L.A. Todd, Lower Alabama. Yes, sir. <laughs> you have a halo around your head. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. I uh, j just came out of a, uh, a presentation with youth. So it's really good to be able to be here. And I apologize for being the, uh, the person late to the party. And we'll just call that halo the glow effect that I bring with me. Oh, my goodness. So, so Todd, let's go back in history. Um, um, you were um, our executive director before you got this great opportunity uh, in academia. Yep. And um, you're doing a lot of great things. Your your vision for this, we started the magazine in those days and we started the nonprofit exchange. So tell us a little bit about what the thinking was. And you know, you had to convince the old guy this was the right thing to do. It was we had to use Google. Uh, there was Google uh that time. That was the only streaming platform. Right. Then you put it on podcasts, and we've been going ever since. So talk about the, you know, what was what was behind your thinking and uh, and it, are you pleased with where we've gone with it? Oh, yeah. I mean, first, let me say the fact that eight years ago we were working on this and still to today it's going strong. I think one shows the longevity of a good idea. Uh, two, I think what we see is the fact that this is meeting an important need. And so when we started out functionally, uh, Hugh had set the amazing vision, I think, for what Center Vision was. And so we were looking at that time to think really truly about what was the big need that was out there. And so as we kind of looked at it, I will admit that a lot of where my interest in kind of building this out was, I wanted to think about who were the great people in other areas, other industries, other disciplines that were doing things that we could take and bring into the world in the nonprofit. You know, so often in nonprofits, the world that we live in really looks very closed off. And so we don't know about who else is there. We don't know 
about what the opportunities look like. And so we brought this to think, how could we bring together folks from the world of higher ed, from the world of business, the world of government, and find those opportunities alongside other thought leaders to be able to integrate. Because ultimately, when we look at the world that we live in, it's a recognition that we don't know everything. And so how we adapt and bring in other people is such a big part of this journey. And so to be able to start with that so many years ago, see the great thinkers that have been on this platform and the fact that it's continuing to go. Hugh, I mean, how many how many people have, have downloaded this over the course of the eight years? I think that we, we, we know that we've had in the various platforms on the podcast, 150,000. And and there's we also have the video that's out on multiple platforms, and I don't have a good tracker, sure. but there's equally amount of views on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and uh, Instagram. And you think about how many different communities across the globe have been touched by this. I think that's that's the part that we look at is when we think about the residual impact of these amazing people who have come in and they poured into our community, they poured into the magazine and they've poured into the podcast and, and to be able to see that is, is really significant. So, you know, I think that was something that was truly, it kind of blew my mind. I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things early on was I used to go out and on Twitter, I would find people that I wanted to follow and I wanted a chance to be able to kind of hear their thoughts. And, you know, the, the reality was I just asked. Um, and in fact, that's how Hugh and I met so many years ago was, a simple ask through Twitter, and that led to a whole lot of yeses. And you think about the people that impact this community, the people that have joined us over the years, it's it's an amazing group of people that, I mean, I, I was shocked. We have award winners, we have great authors, we have people who have done so many things in different spheres, as well as people who care deeply about the religious communities, people who care deeply about foundations, about those works. It's it's absolutely incredible. Well, it was certainly a vision. And uh, fortunately, I was smart enough to pay attention and learn <laughs> the technology. And uh, podcasting was something I had not done at the time. And um, I remember you sending me a message, hey, we got 70 downloads of the show. And uh, we typically have two or 300 downloads of every every episode. Yes. And it's, it's exciting. So... Um, um, I let it slip for a little bit, a couple of months, and I said, you know, this is too important to drop. So I mm. stepped in there, and we've had really good guests. And, you know, this guy kept showing up. He was one of our Wayfinders, <laughs> went through this rigorous process of getting certified, and he'd show up every, every Tuesday, and I'd say, Russell, why don't you be co-host with me? And he mm. did. So, Russell, why did you accept that invitation? Well, you know, I just, I really enjoy talking to people. That's just what I do. I'm kind of a social guy, you know, as you found out in 2012, uh, <laughs> just kind of like a, a rock in your shoes for 10 years now. It's great. <laughs> I'm at Russell but, and Lyle. You know, this, this is, I met you, we met at CF Spade. I met, met you at a live conference and he wasn't scared off, so he, he showed up and it's been really rich. And Russell challenges my thinking. He always asks really good questions. So Russell, mm. what's what's your experience over those uh, many episodes that we did together? No, it's, it's like a, a weekly learning. Every time that I do an opportunity to show up, it's just phenomenal people that I talk to. 
hear about them in the world. And uh, they come from all sorts of industries all over the world. And uh, it's just amazing the people that we've met here and, and how many things I've learned and how many issues we've covered. Because what we're talking about is making a difference in the world. And we were on this platform. I don't remember when we started using it. It was fairly early on. Uh, and so when COVID hit, you know, this was technology we were used to. And uh, we were able to just keep going without really missing a beat. And uh, it's, it's just been remarkable to learn the people we've met. Uh, some of the things that our guests have created, books, and uh, and that the content we have here is evergreen, and we built the community around it, and uh, so that's phenomenal and, um, that we we've been able to create resources, build the community around it, uh, bring more people together, uh, and now we're moving into our in another chapter where we not only have the nonprofit exchange, which is ongoing, uh, we have a, a community that we've built up around the resources we have. Yes, and it's Center Vision Community. That's if you're watching on Facebook, you can see our logo here because you're on the Center Vision page, but it's S-Y-N-E-R Vision. It's a contraction of synergy and vision where we create the synergy through articulating a vision and people adopting it as a culture of high performers. So once in the early years, and, and, and Todd, you found some people that said yes. One of the people, um, and I was talking to another colleague, and he said he had just written a story on Frances Hesselbein. Mm. And that was one of the interviews that, and she was also on the cover of the magazine that uh, during that time. Um, what was so, and you also interviewed um, Cal Turner. So yeah. you want to mention those two and some others that were very important in the early years. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing I think, Hugh, when we talk about it, it's the, the willingness that we had to kind of step out, uh, the hope that we had that people would respond to what we were putting out uh, and to see some of those people. So I actually referenced Francis twice in the last two days, just coming off of a stage uh, in which I, I shared that. So I, I asked Francis, and for those of you that don't know Francis, Francis is, I think, now 105 years old. Um, Francis was the former CEO of the Girl Scouts of the USA. She was one of Peter Drucker's best friends. Uh, and if you don't know who Peter Drucker is, please stop what you're doing and go Google him right now and read just about everything he's ever written. Um, and, and she was actually a Presidential Medal of Freedom winner under President Clinton. Well, she at the time was running the Hesselbein Leadership Institute. And so we reached out to her um, and we were able to interview her and, and to be able to hear the stories of her experience over the course of her lifetime and to think about how the world has changed around her about the opportunities for women that have changed around her and to think about the way that she went forward. But I'll tell you, one of the best lessons I ever received from her was a conversation I had offline. So we had worked with, uh, with her and her team on the launch of, uh, or the relaunch of the five most important questions, which is a Peter Drucker book that she was a collaborator on and helped to, uh, to bring forward. And I said, Francis, let me ask you the question. I'm a nobody. You, you, you don't, you didn't know me beforehand. You don't know where I've come from. Why on earth 
did you accept my invitation onto this program? And she looked at me and she said, Todd, I see what you're working on. I see the way that you have approached it. I see the preparation that you have. There's an important quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And Emerson said, be ye an opener of doors. And she said, I have remembered that. And when I see somebody who is willing to work, I see somebody who is dedicated and cares. She said, the only thing I can do is open doors for them. And so when you said it, I accepted. And then when we asked her to write a, an article for the magazine, she did it. When we asked her to continue on and do other things, she did it. And, and really, I mean, she, she had invited us to go and visit her in New York City. And so that was an amazing one. And then Hugh, you referenced Cal Turner. And Cal, Cal was a second generation CEO of Dollar General. Uh, and, and this is one of those humble individuals that I think most people in our country don't actually have a clue who this guy is. Cal passed away, I think, uh, a couple years ago. Uh, but in Cal's work, he was able to expand what functionally was a very local say, mom and shop, mom and pop type shop into a, a, a community or a, a string of stores that really sprinkled all across the country. And, and his, his interview, it was the idea that you have a chance to be able to talk to somebody and the lessons. And I think the lessons that he brought forward at the time, so many of them were centered around this understanding of humility about learning to be present and listen to others, about making space for others, about a willingness to learn and grow and to show the vulnerability in it. And, and, and that's, that's the lasting impact. I think, you know, Russell, Hugh, I, everybody that's been involved with Cintervision through the years, we certainly would point to. Those are the kinds of lessons that were there. And, you know, I mean, we had a number of amazing people early on getting a chance to interview people who had these great books that were coming out. Uh, and getting a preview and thinking about those connections. I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. And that legacy continues on to this day as we continue to bring more people into the community. And that was, those are legendary interviews. By the way, in case Cal is listening, he's still with us. He's 82. His wife, it was his wife that passed away a couple of years ago. Thank you. I apologize. Thank you. No, and, and Cal, you know, upsets the old paradigms of leadership. He just shows up and is very present. And, uh, because of your relationship with Francis, uh, when I went to New York twice, she cleared her calendar. And actually, she was award winner with five presidents, has medals with five presidents. And president- um, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I saw it. So she might not have yes. told you the whole story. Um, and Ronald Reagan invited her to serve on his cabinet. And he says, no, thank you. I'm very busy running the Girl Scouts. And so she was- yes. uh, she was very determined in her leadership. And when Peter Drucker, after she'd studied his methodology and used it in the Girl Scouts, he visited and, and he said, I've never seen a better run organization. And she said, oh, that's you, right. That's right. Oh, you mean nonprofit? He said, no. <laughs> so, yep. so, yeah, she's uh, and, and um, was was quite, uh, quite amazing. And she um, still had the same office when I visited her. She had the whole time. Yes. Madison Avenue, New York. So Russell, um, we've interviewed some people together. Anything jump out with you, uh, particular celebrities? 
Well, you know, one of the people that kind of comes to mind because we do work with clergy as well as nonprofit was Carlton Pearson. Oh, I got a chance to to sit for an hour with Bishop Carlton Pearson and the message of leadership and togetherness. And uh, he had a powerful message of togetherness and why it's important why it matters, why it's important to break down silos and, and look at people at their spiritual core. And it was just so refreshing and enlightening to hear that, to realize that we're, we're all on, on a single path toward, uh, toward betterment and, and that there's so much more that brings us together than pulls us apart. And it was really kind of timely I mean, in, in the face of a lot of division that showed up in the country, it was it was a really refreshing message where he talked about his history, and that that interview is in the archives. Uh, and so it's just you know, spending a half an hour talking to Carlton will will change your day; it'll energize you. So. <laughs> If you ever get a chance to out there, folks, uh, have a look at that and, and uh, give Carlton Pearson a look. Um, now, you, you know, with a lot of things that we do, there, there's a lot of talk about how we can be compliant and be in compliance uh, and run our nonprofits like a business. And, you know, two names that come to mind. One is Kristen Lefer, who puts the capital C in compliance. Uh, it's just remarkable, and uh, uh, we we had the the the, the Q and A blowing up. The phone lines were blowing up when he was uh, speaking, with people wanting to know how to get themselves in compliance, keep things in order, uh, and he had good relationships with Internal Revenue Service, uh, helping people form organizations and helping them get their organizations in order. And uh, I was just, I just reached out to him. Uh, he's a little under the weather right now, but I have some folks I want him to talk to. The other person that comes to mind from that standpoint is, a, is an attorney by the name of Steve Levine, who wrote a book on agreements. And, you know, we, we're in a world where everything is thrown at us in complete legalese. And he talked about getting to the core of what an agreement is about beyond the legalese, you know, because we're people, it's people working with people. And we get into normal, into the language of the heart and, and, and key language and, and make very human-centered agreements that hold legal water. But he talked about that process and how important that is to set those intentions, it goes beyond the legalese to what the intentions are, because what we're doing is very important work here. So those are a few. I mean, there 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 are a lot more who are who were there, but those are some that jump out for me. And um, Stuart Levine, the resolutionary attorney, calls himself is the Book of Agreement, and we we don't think about writing uh, agreements that we both contribute to and they're mutually uh, beneficial and and accountable on both sides so let me you talk about compliance that's that's when you register with your state so that you can raise money and there's 41 states that require it 
and Christian has a system for doing that because it's very complicated. They're all different. So I'm going to share my screen. If you go to thenonprofitexchange.org, now if you're listening to it, you can do it for yourself, but thenonprofitexchange.org, you get this information page with the guy there in the penguin suit and about this logo that Todd designed years ago. We've kept it. You can find it. It's called Apple Music now, iTunes, Stitcher. It's on every platform. And then here's about... The, the nonprofit exchange. And then here's, you can get this free self-sufficiency article. Uh, it's for you. How do you attain the self-sufficiency? Um, we're also on C-Suite TV on uh, C-Suite uh, network. And then you can get access to that. But up here at the top, there's a button that says, watch all episodes. And when you click on that, this is the archive. So the archive, you can access all of these, all of these. So um, two weeks ago, um, What's so scary about asking for money? I think everybody could relate to that. One of the episodes that I remember is a Hardy. It's a recent one, and there, there are so many. And um, Todd, we've continued to attract more and more people. We're, we got people booked out three months now because it's people want to be on the show and they want to share their message because they know people listen to it. But Hardy, um, Hardy Smith, I don't know where I met Hardy. People show up. And um, I, he's got this stop the nonprofit board blame game. And I don't know a nonprofit that doesn't have some issues with boards because, you know, it's people and people uh, complicate the life of other people. But as leaders, understanding the dynamics, and this is sort of the basic framework of how, how that you, you, you recruit a board how you empower the board and how you charge the board with what they're supposed to be doing, which is not running the day-to-day -day operations of your organization, but they are responsible. So Hardy and I, um, he used to work for NASCAR and y'all may remember that's, that's one of my passions is NASCAR. Um, and another one who's watching on here, which really stands out to me. Uh, there's two on here that have been guests that are watching and I'll bring them on to, to comment. Uh, Bob Hopkins, the Bob Hopkins, and I have his book here that I've oh, put it so it didn't step on it. Uh, so when I introduce Bob, I'll talk about his book and then Daniel Hodges. So if y'all agree, let me bring them on and let them talk about uh, what they what they talked about. I'm going to bring them in as a panelist. So uh, Daniel, I don't know which one of your devices you're logged in on two devices. Come on in. Um, and I'm just going to bring some people in. We have some uh, board members and advisors on here. So I want to bring some folks in. So Bob Hopkins is the author of Philanthropy Misunderstood. Philanthropy. I've had to relearn how to say it. And Bob has been one of the most inspiring presents in, in my life. And he uh, did some amazing things, plus published a magazine on philanthropy. But uh, Bob, you shared about the book on the show. You want to talk a little bit about your experience, and you've been here watching many many episodes of the show over the years. So welcome back. You've had conflicts because you've been teaching. Um, so uh, talk about your experience and both sides, being an interviewee and watching the show. Well, thank you very much, Hugh. Uh, it was a blessing meeting you a year ago or something like that, maybe a little more than a year ago. Uh, you know, there's a, a puzzle that I put together and it's got missing pieces in it. And you were one of the big pieces that was right in the middle of this puzzle that I was missing. Um, you know, I thought about, oh, I want a podcast. Oh, I want to be uh, uh, connected with more people. Oh, I want a new ideas. Oh, I want new thoughts. I want new ideas and values that, that I can go forward with. And 
what I found from you, uh, Hugh, is um, the ability to meet about a lot of people. And, you know, I pay attention to who's around me. And you were one of those that I grabbed on your coattails and I just kind of let you fly and I kind of flew along with you behind you. And uh, so you've been able to fulfill a need that I had, um, obviously. I'm an older man, older than you, Hugh. I know that people can't see that, but I'm older than you and I still am hunting for my purpose. And you and some of your guests have been able to fulfill some of that, those aspirations of mine. So thank you. Well, thank you. And you've introduced me to some people that are in this book. If you don't have this book, it's philanthropy, philanthropymisunderstood.org. And you can get the book. Now, Paper for Water, a couple of girls that were just young girls when they met you and they started this nonprofit and have raised substantial money for water projects. Um, and, and also um, Debbie Morazic. And, and, you know, there's a number of people in here. And then um, that, that you've introduced me to that have been wonderful guests over the years. So thank right. you for well, that. Well, I've, I've learned from them as well. You know, my book, which you have a copy of, has many of those folks in it. Um, you know, to, to be in my book, I had to have had some association with you, you and your project. And the little girls were five and eight years old. And now one of them is going to college and they've raised $2 million for water projects around the world by making origamis. And uh, it's just been amazing, like, wow, I can't believe that a child can come up with this idea. Of course, they had parents. I think it's important that they have parents and mentors to help them along the way. But you're right. Um, we've had some great folks in our lives. Well, and on their interview, I had the whole family, mom and dad and the two sisters. And pretty much the two sisters were, were the, the limelight and the parents let them have the limelight because they, they were the ones that actually carried it through. So you have a, a legacy of inspiring young leaders who are now past college, some of them. Amit Banerjee has, has been part of this. And so uh, that's been really, really helpful to me. And uh, we were introduced by another couple who actually accidentally formed a winery, Barefoot Winery. Um, and they said, oh, go to, I'm going to Dallas. They say, you have to meet Bob. And that was March 8th, 2020. Um, so it's been a while before the pandemic. So it's been, a, I think it's been more than a year. <laughs> um, another another um, really top leader that we've had on the show uh, was Daniel Hodges. Daniel, um, I don't know where you are today. Last time I checked, you were in Dallas, Texas. I don't know where you are, but tell us a little bit about your background and your story and what your interview was like. Yes, thank you. I am joining you from East Texas today. So I, I do travel around a bit. And my background was, you know, I grew up blind and with some other chronic pain and other things as well, and was told by the so-called professionals all the things I supposedly couldn't do, and struggled my way into and through law school in my 30s, and while I was there, decided to found a nonprofit with my cousin that would help erase the stigma surrounding disability and chronic illnesses effectively so that the next wave of people with disabilities would have greater opportunity than many of us had. And so that we could unleash that wave of human potential that has been held back by just a lot of misconceptions and a lot of structural problems that need not be there. And um, I will say you've taught me a lot and I have the closed caption on, which I didn't even think about 
previously. And when I set up new web pages, I think about the size of the buttons and I make sure that the um, the uh, the alt tags and the images are something a reader can do for people who are challenged, uh, eyesight challenged. So you've, uh, I thank you for the gift of knowledge there so that I can reach more people with what we're doing. Um, so thank you for being on the show. You've also been on the other end watching shows. What's your, been your experience seeing other, other, other episodes? Well, put it to you this way. I have my intern, Rakaya, with me, and I've had her watching all of these shows since she has been part you know, doing her internship because of the value that it brings. We're always going to learn something. We're always going to come away with a possibility of a connection. I actually connected on LinkedIn with your guest from, I think, last week. And that's, I think, a, you know, the mark of a good podcast. Are you going to learn? Are you going to be able to expand your network? Are you going to be able to come away with something that is actionable and useful? And that's, um, I think, what the, what this podcast is able to do. I want to hear from um, the chair. Hey, of the can I jump in on that? Because I think that's yes, such an important point right there is when we build these things, we want to think about, A, how can we relate to other people? But I think to Daniel's point, it's that idea of, is there something that I can take away and learn? And so that was always one of the pieces to this is, what is it that I'm able to take from somebody else's experience and I'm able to apply it to my own? And I think that's such an important piece anytime we interact with people, right? You know, we, we look at this, everybody that you come in contact with has a, a lesson for you. And the question is, are you able to access it and are you able to learn it? And then how do you make application in your own life? So Daniel, I think that's a, a great point and certainly something that fits in the ethos of everything that we've been building here. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll come back to you in a second for another comment, uh, Todd, but uh, the chair of the Center Vision um, Leadership Foundation Board of Directors is here. And David, you've been a, an active viewer and participant in all of our activities, but especially in, in this, this, do you have any reflections on the nonprofit exchange? Well, yeah, I do. Uh, uh, I do. And over the years, um, you've had such a broad spectrum of guests in fields that are all tied together one way or the other, but the, the varied perspectives that come in are always worth listening to because or watching because there's gems in there that maybe you heard once before, but it's a great reminder. And I learned something new every time I watch it. You know, one of the events that uh, we were on uh, through Center Vision was last week, and I really had a had a, a an awakening um, because it changed. It altered my perception of myself um, through the information that I received, and that's what goes on for me when I have the opportunity to sit. Uh, in the nonprofit exchange, because the topics are always so great. You know, one, one a month or so ago we had was a gal who was speaking about sex trafficking and human slavery and all of those types of things. That was stuff that needs to be in the main conversation of, the, of this world, but kind of gets brushed under the rug, like mental illness. Another one, same thing, gets brushed under the rug. Well, those are important topics that need more expansion and, and through you 
and the nonprofit exchange, it, it, they find a platform to, to speak their message. And I think that's what's the great thing about all that the Cinevision does. Well, thank you. And without exception, I have famous guests and people we're discovering. Everybody says at the beginning, I'm so happy. Thank you for having me as a guest. And so, um, Jeffrey, I don't know if you're in a place to turn on your camera and talk to us, but you were present when we did a fundraising episode with uh, Larry C. Johnson on the uh, eight, eight essentials of fundraising. And um, that was really impressive. So what impressed you about that episode? And are there some others? Jeffrey is one of our advisory council members and a very strong strategic advisor for Center Vision. Appreciate that, Hugh. And I'm sorry, I can't put my camera on, but I obviously could unmute. So yeah, the eight, the eight principles was, was one of, of many that struck me. And just kind of having a, a place where people could hear a, a lot of different aspects of, of fundraising, which of course there are many, and it's, it's hard to cover all of them. It's impossible to cover all of them in a book or in a podcast, but the eight principles is, the, is one of the best places I've seen where all of these things that are important kind of combined together and brought together and then shown how they can be implemented for a nonprofit to be more successful in their fundraising, more successful in their relationship building, and really important, more successful in getting their board engaged in fundraising. And of course, I like all the fundraising podcasts on a nonprofit exchange, but I like all the other ones too. And I thought David made a really good point is, is how all of this kind of comes in together. And it's like this massive funnel, this 300 episode funnel of everything coming down and then all of these things coming together and how they all dovetail. And David said something today, and he said it this morning on our call as well, that I thought was really good because it's why I do all these things. You know, you get to a point where you think, well, I'm, I'm old enough. I've been doing this long enough. I, I, there's nothing new under the sun for me. And, and maybe there isn't, but there's a lot of stuff we've forgotten or that we just don't think about every day. And David's right. I mean, every time I listen to one of these, and that's why I do so much education, you know, even at 60 plus years old is I hear something and I'm like, oh, wow, that is great. And I think, you know what? I heard that 10 years ago and I completely forgot about it. And here it is back. And, and it, sometimes it's transformational of what you're doing. So I'm glad you mentioned that, David, because I think that's really valuable for people who think, oh, I, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Sorry, but you really do. <laughs> you heard it right here. So I want to um, what Todd taught me years ago, he started with a 35-minute format, and I let it creep to 55, but when I come back to around a half an hour, people uh, download more and they listen more. So, Russell, let's talk about what do you see as potential for the future, and I want to end up with uh, with Todd making some reflections, and, and Todd, I, I bet a lot of this makes you real happy. So, Russell, um, what do you think we could do in the future, and is there ways we could expand our reach? Well, you know, we we keep at the, the topics that matter most to folks. And, you know, what we have now is an opportunity to invite more people into the Center Vision community that we're building, because this podcast is just one piece of, of the remarkable things that are here. And it's important for us to talk to each other. This is a place to to engage. And, and a lot of our guests, uh, like Bob, have books. 
this is all material that nonprofit leaders ought to read. Uh, and just people in general would, would get a wealth of information from reading and learning it. So this is your learning community. This is your community where you can come in and ask questions. This is the community to have nice civil discussions with one another about uh, the landscape going forward. And so I see this as, as something that's needed and wanted and can add value going forward uh, because we've got a lot of challenges. But what I've discovered in the, in the eight years is that we've got a lot of remarkable people out here who are doing amazing things and you need to know about them. This is the place to find out who they are. Yeah, and tied back to you, I, uh, and what Jeffrey said, I learned something in every interview. So uh, I'm grateful to you for your vision for starting this. And it's meant so much to me. And as we're hearing, it means a lot to other people. So reflect on what you've heard. And what do you think is a hit for us? Yeah, I, I think that's the the quintessential thing is that we're always in that place that we can continue learning. And you know, when we started out, we recognized that there were a couple similar needs that we saw across all types of organizations. You know, there's always been that challenge of how do I engage with a board? How do I develop leaders? How do I make myself attractive to funds? How do I build up the members that I have and give them a space and a place that they can really truly feel like an organization is theirs? And I think the key is always how do we continue to maintain that mission? How do we invite more people in? How do we encourage the next generation of nonprofit leaders to get started early and think about what that community can look like? And, and, and I think every time that we do that, we expose another group to an understanding that a nonprofit opportunity is a great way to make impact in the world. We live in a time, I think a lot of times, most people are thinking only about uh, money. They're only thinking about money. And yet, Hugh, one of the things you helped reframe for me is the importance of impact and, and really thinking about not just the ROI of the return on your investment, but the return on the impact. And so I think the more that we can bring it back to impact and we can showcase the way that we can impact the world around us for better, I think to, to Russell's points, we, we live in an interesting time <laughs> as, as we always do. You know, we, we want to be able to come back to that and look and see what's there. So appreciate uh, all, all the work that you've done to be able to continue this forward. You know, I, I, I figure out that there's a lot of times that there are people that play different roles in the journey and so to be able to have people at different points that have been stepping into this journey and able to continue it forward, to have 300 plus episodes, to have as many downloads and to have as many guests that have really poured into it is such a, a beautiful uh, continuance of that vision. The Nonprofit Exchange, the nonprofitexchange.org is where, where you find uh, all the episodes. You'll, you'll see what it's about, uh, and then you'll see um, what you can do next because you've shown up here and somebody has challenged your thinking. So uh, I think it's it's a place where we all need to be because we're better together. And so what Russell alluded to a couple of times, and if I can find it to show you, it's the uh, community. We have a community together and I cannot get it to show. So pardon me for that. It's, it's nonprofitcommunity.org, nonprofitcommunity.org. It's, um, it's a place where we learn together, where we share ideas, 
And what um, Jeffrey was referring to earlier today, we have a community Q&A, we get together. So it's hard work we're doing and it's so hard. We need companions, we need peers to help us. So join our community. You can start for free and then you can grow into the content piece. So nonprofitcommunity.org will take you there and you can discover what it's like. Todd Greer, thank you for your vision. Um, Russell David Dennis, thank you for your companionship and challenging me every episode to be on on target. And thank you, uh, people that uh, just brought in. You weren't knowing you could come in. So thank you for coming in and sharing your story with us on this 300th and important episode of the Nonprofit Exchange. So have a great day and thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.